1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 267 of Teach Better Talk Podcast. My name is Ray Hewart. I am here with Jeff Gargas, And boy, do we have an episode in store for you guys. It's, it's, really
0: good it's I a know. good episode. It's a good episode. Good uh, episode. I was saying before, though, before we record that, it's kind of crazy that we're... we've made it through 267 of these
2: can we
1: preface Um, before you said that statement you also said i quit and i was like okay
0: (laughs) yes yeah yeah, i did say i quit and Ray's response was okay and i'm like (laughs) kind of hoping for a little bit of a fight but there was no fight so
1: guys what do you do it's like when your five-year-old's like no i don't wanna and you're like all right
0: fine (laughs) yeah i don't you know i don't know um Anyway, I didn't quit, at least not yet. I'm still here for this, so at least going to finish this off. So I let's think, talk about what?
1: I think you'll feel better once we're done recording episodes for the night. We have one more meeting because, you know, Mondays are fun. And then you'll yeah. get to sleep and we're going to wake up tomorrow morning to sunshine and happiness, Jeff Gargas.
0: So I we'll like sunshine sun, sun, sunshine and happiness, so that gets me excited. So okay. if you can't tell, this this right here is my excited face.
1: It's so oh,
0: um smacking cords all over the place. If you, can, if you can see me on YouTube, you see this. If you're listening, you just missed me flinging stuff and now I'm throwing my hands up on the air and this is getting bad. Anyway, let's talk about something that's not bad, and that is how many freaking webinars we have coming up this summer. We have a lot of webinars going on. Um I don't want to talk about all of them because we won't we'll get confused. So can we talk about the first one? The first webinar series, it's webinar series is kicking off on June what, fourteenth? I get the date right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that webinar is all about the grid method. And it is a four week long webinar with a total of eight different sessions. And the best part is it's not with Chad. Oh, I love
1: Chad. It's with Ray
0: Hewart. You're leading this one. Um, We did did a couple of these last summer and they were a big hit. People really liked them. So we decided to bring it back this summer. Uh, And that is going on. So tell me a little bit about what I, as someone who might attend this webinar, can expect from the webinar?
1: I mean, the webinar is exactly what every educator needs to create their first grid. We're going to go through all the basics of what the grid method is. We're going to dive into dissecting standards altogether. Everybody in the webinar will actually have their own standards and be building their own grid throughout the process. We're going to dive into classroom management strategies. And the goal would be, that you're not only fully understanding the grid method, but you're actually learning the grid method by being a student and going through a grid yourself. And then hopefully at the very end, you have a finished product that'll be student ready and you'll be able to bring that ready for August and you already have it done by the time this ends, which is July 7th. So I'm really excited. You know, all the webinars this summer are specific to what our audience has been saying they want. And the grid Mm -hmm. method continues to be something that people ask for because whether we're doing a professional development or a school district or just talking online, it's it's something that allows you to reach all of your learners. And so this is essentially our workshop that we do. This is our workshop broken into eight different sessions that you can take slowly throughout the summer. And you'll just get a lot of personalized feedback as well as some hopefully good work time. And uh, I really appreciate that this webinar and all the other webinars have that work time embedded. So you're not just gonna sit and get for an hour and a half and then have an enormous to-do list. The hope would be we plug into these little small pieces and they're able to actually implement them to have that final product at the end. So I'm really excited. I hope you guys choose to register. Like Jeff said, it is June 14th through July 7th. Again, we are meeting on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. And you can register over at teachbear.com. Slash summer grid. I think it's gonna be a blast.
0: I think it's gonna be awesome. Uh it's gonna be good. And we got lots lots of other uh webinars coming up. That is the kickoff one that is the most sought after. I uh, definitely want to get in there because I think it'll fill up. So
1: I was gonna say, not only is it gonna fill up, but Jeff, this will be, I think, I was looking at the calendar, one of the first video live experiences in my new office. Like I Ooh, think that's this is, exciting. I know, like these people are gonna get like
0: a lot of people Behind. don't realize that, that you're so demand that we actually bought an entire office building just for you. <laughs> That's not true. And this, So that you could have a different room for all the different things that you do live.
1: Not
0: true. Um, nope. So this is an office building. There's 22 offices. Every office has a different video set up and background so that Ray can have whatever she wants for whatever she needs.
1: We're not that fancy, y'all. I'm so <laughs> sorry. We're not.
0: No. But you, you happen to be moving, which means you get a new office space that you get to have fun with. And this this will be the first thing well yeah, things? that's yeah. awesome. So
1: it might look exactly the same or it might look different. Who's to say? We'll find out. Oh,
0: I think you are to say, but still, I'm excited about we'll it. Find out. Um, that's yeah. So do you think you're gonna go with the same color that you got? Are you thinking of like a white back there or
1: you know, I am not or, gonna divulge all my secrets, Jeff. That's mm-hmm. the perk of registering for this event. Come on. So
0: if if for Noah if you're not concerned with transforming the way that you educate and experiences that your students go through or anything like that, at least register to see what color ray goes with for her war or office. Duh. I mean, Duh. that's what yeah. Anyway, let's talk about this episode. So, Dr. Rachel George um is a principal. She's been a principal, medical school principal, elementary principal. She's taught multi mini all of, up and down the uh the the K12 uh space and different uh uh what's what I'm looking for? I'm, I'm 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 lost. Different subject areas. And she's also she's got such a cool story because this is her second career. She was a, a like a forest fighter. A forest firefighter with the, the US Forest Service. I mean, like, you know, the chainsaw jumping out of helicopters like nuts. Um, and her story of how she got from there to the classroom and then now into a leadership role is just super cool. Um it was a lot of fun. The book came out of that, so the book she's gonna talk about, we're gonna give away a copy of that. Uh, she's a NAESP fellow. She's a member of the ASCD Emergent Leaders uh, Class of 2015. Um, and like I said, she's currently a principal, and she has done some incredible uh, work and growth in every school that she's been in. Uh, the stats that she has and the the accomplishment she has is just off the chart. And to make it even better, Ray, she's really cool and a lot of fun to talk to. So oh, it's just fabulous. like icing on the cake. Like she's yeah. she's fantastic. So great episode. Anything to add or can we jump right into it?
1: No, I knew when my friend Adam Welcome recommended her as a go-to person that we were going to love her and shocker, we love her. Go check her out.
0: What do you know, huh? Good job, Adam Welcome. Appreciate it. Good job, Adam. (laughs) All right, let's get into episode 267 with Dr. Rachel George. Hey,
1: everyone. It's Ray. We'll be right back to this episode, but I want to make sure that if you are a Teach Better Academy member- You know, we just launched another course. You guys already are aware that we launch a course in our Teach Better Academy about every 30 to 40 days. And we just launched a brand new one here on April 12th. The new course is called Using Social Media to Grow Your Network. And it is all about not only getting you logged onto the platform, but truly understanding your mission and how you're communicating your why from everything from your profile picture, your bio, and the tweets and messages that you send out. If you are already a Teach Better Academy member, it the course is already located in the queue. But if you're not a member yet and you're not sure if paying $9 a month is something that you want to be a part of, you can always join in on the course on your own by buying it outright over in the Academy. So I will meet all of you over in our brand new course using social media to grow your network at teachbetteracademy.com. But let's get back to this episode.
0: All right. Uh, and then we will get into it here. Let me make sure we are good. Okay. All right. We are here and we are chatting with Rachel George. Rachel, awesome to have you on the podcast. We're super excited. We've already been talking a little bit and it's easy to tell when we first get someone on, we start chatting that we know it's going to be a good episode and is going to be a good episode. Uh, so super excited to have you on here and to learn more about you and dive into your story. But before we get too far into all of that, how are you feeling right now?
2: You know, honestly, I had way too much coffee today. It just kept flowing. (laughs) And it is, I don't know what time you're listening to this, but we're recording at 5pm Pacific Standard Time. So that's like eight o'clock over on the East Coast. And I could probably go strong for like another 12 hours. So I'm going to either <laughs> like have to go for another run or do some yoga, but I'm going to have to do something to calm myself down. So that's, that's you where know, I'm at.
1: <laughs> you know, Wait, Rachel, we should just go live
0: for 12 hours.
1: I was just going to say well, we no, do a 12 hour ready. live. So it sounds like you should just run that right now. Let's do a 12 hour live. Let's
2: go. <laughs> Game on. Let's go. I'm going to start my my clock right now.
1: I feel like we could talk shop with Rachel for 12 hours. I mean, we might need to take like a food break or like order some delivery, but I'm game.
2: Oh yeah. Totally feasible. I think be great. <laughs> you
1: know, Rachel, I was personally really excited to connect with you because I've been following your journey on social media for a while and I know that we have some friends in common. And so I literally saw your name on the calendar today for recording. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a moment. I actually get to meet her. So I'm really, really excited for our listeners to meet you too. If they're listening and they haven't been connected to your work before, do you mind kind of answering that age old question, kind of like your bio, like, Hey, Rachel, what do you do?
2: Yeah. So, um, education is my second career. I know I might not look old enough to have a second career, but it's true. I just have used a lot of moisturizer. Um, I worked for the forest service for 11 years in fire. So worked on hotshot crews, worked on engines, um, worked on helicopters, which I loved everything under the sun and coming to education was my way to help kind of change the world, figured out I'd started the origin. And so, you know, I actually started at a residential school where I could wear my car hearts, did not have to wear makeup and could pull my hair back in a ponytail and work still out in the woods because it was out in the woods. It was fantastic, but really did the Goldilocks effect where I worked, um, in residential at secondary, went down to elementary and public school and landed in middle school, was a middle school principal and am recently an elementary principal, loving it, definitely retirement, living the dream. And it is pretty much everything education in my world. I'm actually married to a middle school principal. We met when we were both middle school principals. So I'm sure you can imagine what that professional development was like uh, as we did district-wide stuff. So involved in lots of different organizations. I'm an NAESP fellow. I am the president-elect for our state association for the Coalition of Oregon School Administrators, which is an umbrella group. Um, So just involved in lots of things, even teaching some higher ed classes. So you name it, I'm probably connected and doing it at some level, but just really love, love, love my work.
0: All right. So you have so much going on that you do in education, you have a career in education, plus you're... You know, firefighting days. And there's so many questions that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking right now. And here's the question that Jeff Gargas is going to ask you because this is the level that I'm at. The movie Playing with Fire with John Cena, have you seen it? Do you like it?
2: Is that. Um, it's with the smoke
0: jumpers where they're fighting the forest fires.
2: Is it the smoke jumper one or is it the one with the hot shot, the Granite Mountain one? Is it the recent one where they all died?
0: No, his his well John C. his is the ridiculous comment comedy uh where they're smoke jumpers, but my daughter loves it, that's why I was asking.
2: You know, I don't think it's, I've watched that one.
0: You should, it's great. Anyway, I'm um, that. so but but I wanted to ask uh, that I that was a serious question, but I'm curious like what it was that made you like how did you go from that to teaching like when, when what happened that made you go mm-hmm. you know what i need to quit doing this and i need this is where i need to go because you were 11 years there so you couldn't have hated it right you really yeah. liked it but like what was it that was it something that happened that triggered was it a conversation with someone what was it that really spurred that change
2: you know there were there were two things and i'm glad you asked um and you know i still did it when i was teaching in the classroom so i spent my years my school part of the year teaching math or whatever content I was teaching at the time and then still spent my summers doing it. So I think my last day was two days before I became a principal. So for many years, that was a huge part of my life. But the big pivotal change, you can tell you right now, it was in the middle of dirty August, which is where people crack because it's just, it's a dirty month. You've been going hard for like four months straight Two two days off every two weeks. Like there's not a lot of time. You're working 18 hour days, sleeping on the ground. It was when I was on the Primeville Hot Shots. And we were on the B fire, which was the second largest fire in state history at the time. It had hopped over a couple of highways. We were in the middle of the wilderness. We had hiked eight miles in. We were staying at Rockpile Lake, and that night, and I always slept between these two guys, like like because you're sleeping on the ground, and it was just like normal. So, and he, he, my pillow was were my boots, right? Because you, you're not going to pack a pillow in. So I remember waking up in the middle of the night, looking over across the lake that we were looking at and staying at and flames were coming up over the hillside. And I thought, man, that's so weird. Went back to bed. You might be asking yourself why. (laughs) I do too at this moment, but I did. I went back to bed, I was exhausted. This was probably like seven days into the 12 day run. And um, woke up the next day and sure enough, like the fire had come over the hill at us. And I remember watching all the superintendents of the different hotshot crews that were with us. And they were like, master planning around this table is like all hex break and loose. And it it dawned on me like, man, what am I doing out here? This is pretty stupid. We shouldn't be in this location right now. And the second thing that dawned on me is this area needs to burn anyway. And my undergrad was in environmental science. And you know, ecosystems and fire management and such. And I realized, like, I'm completely misaligned. And I looked at the people that were making the decisions. And there were some huge organizational changes that needed to happen. And I realized at that point, they're not going to listen to me. And the only way to make change on the world is starting at the beginning, which is starting with kids. So you know, I actually didn't take any action um, in terms of changing my life trajectory or going back to school at that point. And it wasn't until that fall when I was visiting some different smoke jumper bases. And I was in Grangeville and the base manager, we were sitting in the plane and he looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? Why, why are you wanting to work in fire so bad? What are your parents doing? You know, at the time my mom was an elementary principal and my dad was a city manager. And he's like, you need to go back to school. And I'm like, no, I'm really good at cutting down trees. and I love running a chainsaw. Like (laughs) I got this. Like, no, I like, I'm going to do this as a, I'm a life right. This is a career. I'm not going to have babies until I'm forever years old. Cause that was a big deal for women in fire. They'd always ask you, even though they weren't supposed to. And he goes, you, you need to go back to school. And at the time I thought he was kind of being a jerk. And as I drove back from Grangeville back to Oregon. I thought to myself, Annie's right. And so there were a series of different events that really, really lined up with that. Also had some issues of discrimination where they point blank were like, "No, Rachel, you're a girl, not going to give you training. You're not going to stay around. And that's something that's really hard to stomach. When you keep getting roadblocks in front of you and you see things that need to change and you just can't make them, you decide to go outside the box, right? And so I decided to do that. And the awesome part is that I was still able to do that while I was teaching and a lot of the life skills and leadership lessons I've been able to carry over. So went from like putting out fires out of the woods to like putting out fires in the bathroom, like, <laughs> literally. So, but it, it was, a, it's a huge part of my life. It for sure is.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. I love that. Um, so let's transition completely now to with the book. So the book's called mm-hmm. Principled, Navigating the Leadership Learning Curve. Tell us about where the book came from um, and and what it's about and who it's for.
2: Yeah. Oh, this is a gem of a book. If you have not picked it up, I would highly recommend it. And it's not just because I helped write it. Um, it it's solid. It's really, really good. I wrote it with two girlfriends, um, both administrators within Oregon. One's in the David Douglas School District, Kate Barker. The other one, Courtney Farua, she's in McMinnville, Vine country of Oregon. And they are just some phenomenal leaders. And we met through our state association and we definitely had a connection right from the beginning our passions were completely aligned however the way we went about it were slightly different we were all about having high expectations for students but also having a very vibrant school culture at the same time and within each of our buildings we were able to do some incredible work with student outcomes for kids while still empowering staff and and having that really excited piece of liking to come to work. So we sat down one day, it was actually after one of our principal conferences afterwards, and we were like, these are really good topics, we should write a book. And you know, I think people joke about that all the time, which I'm sure you hear about. But we actually were like, no, we're gonna do it. And it's kind of like, I don't know, middle school dances, you know, as a middle school principal for a long time, I love dances, but it was also fascinating to watch, right? Because you're gonna go walk across that floor all by yourself ask somebody, Hey, do you want to dance with me? And you're completely vulnerable. And that's how at least I felt going through that book writing process, like, Hey, Dave Burgess, would you guys be interested? Who knows? And while it isn't across an entire dance floor or middle school gym, it still is a real vulnerable experience. So we dive into navigating the leadership learning curve. So whether you are an aspiring principal, aspiring leader, building leader, teacher leader, or whether you've been working 20 years in the field, there's a lot that you can learn within this book. So we start by reflection, reflecting on what your values are, what your why is, what your priorities are, along with how those align with your school. Because oftentimes when you're new to any position, it's like you're drinking from a fire hose. And there's definitely some ways to mitigate it. Also dive into being able to focus, identifying what the top three to four areas that you're going to work on because you can't do them all at the same time. If you do, you probably aren't doing them very, very well. And then we talk about connection, how to take care of yourself, how to network, how to network and leverage your resources, and also work through your strengths, along with your team strengths. So you prevent burnout. And then the final aspect is care. How are you caring for yourself? How are you caring for others? How are you showing love to your students and creating that vibrant school culture that makes people want to get up in the morning and inspire students to be their best self? So a practical guide with a lot of different examples that you can take and just implement right away within your practice.
0: I love it. And if you're listening and thinking you're going to love that too, we're going to give away a copy a little bit later on in the episode So make sure you stick around for that. Um, How could you...
1: How what? could you not want to copy after what? all of that information? I know
0: I say if, but like, like they're I know not going to wait
1: until the end to win. They're just going to go to their Amazon cart and buy it right now. You and don't need
0: to wait too. till the
2: end, guys. Just to go buy it. <laughs>
0: um, that's true. You don't have to wait. Like you can pause right now, and go get it. Actually, you can probably still you can still listen while you go get it. So you're good. Um, Rachel, I want to get into one of my favorite questions. This is a uh, well we asked you to share a story with us about a time that you failed. So. If you can share time, take us there with you. Tell us what happened. How did you overcome the failure? And then what did you take away from that experience?
2: Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm like a professional failure. And I tend to be pretty transparent about it. Because if you're not willing and able to share those different learning moments man, other people aren't able to learn from it. And you learn from the good and the bad, right? And I think that those are ways that we can help shorten those learning curves. And that's actually one of the things that I value and appreciate about Principled is that we do share a lot of our mistakes along the way to help support people. So my big mistake that comes to mind is during my first principalship. So I had, you know, the perception and mindset that school improvement all came from the principal level. And so we did a huge dramatic turnaround at Lorna Burn. Um, you know, we were historically ranked as just a satisfactory school, and after that first year, we were we were labeled as an outstanding level five model school. Top five percent of Oregon middle schools were identified. We were one hundred percent free introduced. We had multi generational homes. We had families that were living in buses with shot out windows, without any power. It was. Pretty typical to have people without any electricity, to have campfires, like homework just wasn't happening. It's part of the Emerald Triangle. Drug use was huge, huge, huge within the community, um, along with violence. When we had lockdowns, it was like a 45 minute response time for law enforcement, like huge, huge challenges within the community. And we did some amazing work around standard based screening practices. Um proficiency fast and accurate grading that's equitable rethinking that homework we took away the opportunity or maybe the option is a better word for students to get d's we leveled up our expectations our threshold for passing classes were c's we had a rigorous intervention system for students at the middle school which isn't pretty normal at least not in oregon at the time and we saw huge huge changes within our student outcomes um just we had a 100% growth rate uh, that was identified by the state of Oregon. So that's not just me taking my internal data and be like, dude, we totally kicked butt. It was like the state of Oregon, like, man, your kids are coming in at 30%, you know, of them being able to pass their math test, and you're able to get them by 80% by the time they hit eighth grade, like knocking it out of the park. So I felt really good at the time, because I thought it was ingrained um, at three years, like, hey, these systems and structures that we've worked really hard, they're going to stay well, my failure is that that was completely wrong. And as you were probably listening, you're like, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And I know people say school change takes like three to five, but I'd even argue it takes even longer. And depending on how you spent that three to five, um, it could look completely different. I made the huge mistake of not empowering teachers um, with a distributive leadership model and not having them own the process or delegating. So I owned the systems, I owned the structures, I did the lifting, because I thought that it helped make their teacher like the teacher's job easier. But what I failed to realize is that nobody understood the systems. So when I left the systems left, and the whole entire system came crashing down. And that was devastating to watch all the hard work. And that was also really hard for teachers to see and experience and if I would do it again and can do it again, I would completely fix that. It would stay for longer. I would have a completely different approach. um, Because in that case, it was just a short term win. And it wasn't something that was sustainable long term. And I think that that's oftentimes where we get the bad rap of the pendulum swinging back and forth. Because the person that replaced me love him to death, super, super kind. But that wasn't a strength of his. And I didn't help the teachers enough to be able to take it and lift it and run on their own. So uh, definitely a rethought what school change looks like in the sustainability aspect.
1: Rachel, I love your reflection. I think that's something that, that so many educators, whether they've had a formal leadership role or not, can really hold on to is this idea of ensuring that there are multiple voices in our conversations, that scalability exists, that... You know you're you're really thinking of all perspectives because I you know truly as I'm listening to your story I'm like of course you were trying to help educators but as you reflect back there's always improvements that we can have and I I so value that you identified that as an area of growth because oh gosh we've all been there so mm-hmm. when it comes to what keeps you excited about the work you're doing and I feel like you're somebody who even just listening through your your voice in in these stories I can hear your passion like truly you are just such a great speaker. I could listen to your voice for hours, but when it comes to what keeps you excited and like what you're excited about right now with the work you're doing, how would you, what would you identify for that area?
2: I just, (laughs) I'm so excited that kids are back in the building. I know Mm -hmm. that that's different across the nation, but our students started arriving back in February and it was on a hybrid schedule. And just in the last month or so, we've been able to get K-12 back um, four days a week. We still have a day off for professional development and collaboration. But that that excites me. And I think that mm-hmm. that's a piece that many educators didn't realize how much we missed it or how much we took for granted, mm-hmm. um, you know, prior to ever knowing what COVID is. But on top of that, I think that this is a really, really exciting time to reimagine and rethink education. You know, we, when we welcomed our high school students back, they didn't show up. And I I don't know whether they showed up in other states, but we were looking at like half of our high school shows up each day. Like, what are they Mm -hmm. doing? They picked up other jobs. Like I see them in line at Starbucks and I'm not talking like they're getting coffee, but no, they're like serving me coffee. And I'm like, hey, aren't you supposed to be in school? And they're like, I catch it on the replay. I do asynchronous mm-hmm. and they're still kicking butt with their grades. And I think the notion that students have to show up and that it's required is no longer on the table. And this is something that, you know, you hear Beth Huff talk all about, like it would students choose to be running into your building if they didn't have to. Like, are they excited to come in? And I believe that that's truly been put to the test with COVID. And I think that that's a really, really exciting place to be because it provides so much opportunity and so much opportunity to be able to be creative and rethink, how are you engaging with students? How are you making the connections? Um, How are you having those conversations with students? Like when you really have that opportunity, are you choosing to go interact with them? Or are you just choosing to stand at the door and kind of supervise? Like, what are you going to do? And that I think is a really, really beautiful thing. And oftentimes, through change is when the most amazing, amazing things happen. And, and I think we're there. So I'm excited what the future is going to hold.
1: Yeah, I love that focus on rethinking education. Great, great, great mindset for that. So for question five, we was focus on a piece of advice? And this is really our piece of advice that we joke about being your piece of advice of the episode, right? If you could give one piece of advice to any educator listening,
2: what would it be? Three words, turn it off. I did have to double check that those were three words before I said that, because that would have been like an epic fail, but three words to turn it it off. And, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but I'm actually being super serious because my first... And she doesn't mean this podcast, just to confirm. That's not what she (laughs) means. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. I mean, work, right? Like we have been brought up, or at least I have, in a generation where we grind and we want to be one of the hardest workers. And we think that being a super hard worker is is everything, right? Um, That you need to stay longer, that you need to show up earlier, that you need to answer your email, and you don't. That's actually a super huge sign of being ineffective. So turn it off, take a break, work smarter, not harder, be efficient with your time. You know, if you're thinking, man, I don't have enough time to do all these things, I'd encourage you to do a time audit. How are you spending your time throughout the day? How are you working to get your things done? And then also are all the things that you're doing really worth your time? And does it really connect back to what your big purpose and your why is? And then once you've figured out if your stuff's in alignment or not, shut your computer down, shut your email off, shut off social media, take breaks. There's going to be times throughout the year and seasons where you're going to be a little busier than others. I just finished teaching, um, teaching evaluation and supervision class for aspiring leaders And as soon as that was done, that was about a week ago, I have not been on social media very much at all. And I've not been doing any work in the evening. It's just, I'm chilling. I'm taking my break. I'm taking my rest. And I think we all need to do that. And if you're not able to take some big chunks of time, spread it throughout. Because I think that's been another aspect that has really punched some folks in the face is that some of us that we're used to running marathons or sprints and education and working our tails off uh the last twelve months have been pretty difficult. So if you're not taking a break, uh you're gonna what's the great saying, like check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? <laughs> like but that's so true. I mean it's just it it's it's really, really true. So I would just turn it off, take a break, take care of yourself. Indulge in self-care.
0: I I love that. I love that so much and I and I love that that from someone who who loves to work a lot and and I push hard work a lot and I push all that type of stuff like that. But it is super 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 important to to know where you, where your limits are, to take care of yourself, to make sure that you're taking that time off, to make sure that you're unplugging, that you're that you're leaving it at work when you need to leave it at work. Uh, and you mentioned the time audit, and I was literally like doing like a little like clap over here because when when I track my time and I do time out, it's like, it's, it's incredible what you learn about where your time is going. And then the smallest little adjustments can help free up much time and just change the way you look at it. So I love that. That's a yeah. awesome piece of advice. Um, before we go into the six questions, let's give away a copy of the book. So let's, uh, if you want, if you want to try and win, if you haven't already went to Amazon and bought your copy, which is fine, which is what you should have done. Uh, we're going to give away one copy, go over on Twitter, make sure you, uh, at Teach Better Team and at Dr. Rachel George to to make sure you hit both of us. Use hashtag Teach Better and Teach Better Talk as well. And then, Rachel, what do you think? Let's just have them ask, the answer the question, tweet out your answer to the question, what does leadership mean to you? Does that work?
2: That's fantastic.
0: Awesome. I'm going to pick one randomly there and get you a copy of the book. So uh, make sure you head over to Twitter and do that for us there. All right, Rachel, the next six questions we're going to do, I'm going to throw them at you. Your goals to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? Got it. All right. What is one EdTech tool you cannot live without?
2: Schedule feature on email.
0: Uh, Give us a book you're reading right now.
2: Deep Change Leadership by Doug Reeves.
0: Uh, Who do we we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? You can give us up to three.
2: Ah, My gal pals from Principled. We have Kate Barker at Kate underscore S underscore Barker and Courtney Farua at Courtney Farua.
0: Uh, What's a good YouTube channel, website, or podcast for educators to check out?
2: Ah, this is a podcast. It's the NAESP Principal Podcast, and it's with my friend Adam, Malcolm, and myself.
0: Uh, Give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into.
2: Uh, Quiet time for yourself. Take 30 minutes, and if you aren't into quiet time, go use that time to move your body.
0: Hmm. And give us the best piece of advice you've ever received.
2: We encourage what we allow
0: wow, you just nailed that.
2: That is trophy.
1: Oh yeah. Trophy worthy for sure, Rachel. That's real good. (laughs) So good. You know, Rachel, I do want to make sure that everyone stays connected to you because while I know you are doing so many things and you're constantly sharing, I want to make sure that they connect with your book and your podcast and everything in between. Would you mind kind of going through the list for us?
2: Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on Twitter. It is Dr. Rachel George. Rachel is R-A-C-H-A-E-L, normal George spelling. Also on Facebook, just Rachel George and Instagram follows the same thing. Dr. Rachel George, all the way across the board. Um, Website is a shock, right? Dr. Rachel com. But you can also find more about principled at principled.org.
0: And, you know, you can find all the links and the resources and everything we mentioned this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links for connecting with Rachel and keeping this conversation going. So head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. And let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and connect with these amazing educators. And just share this podcast with them. Rachel, this was awesome. I really love the stories. I love uh, everything you shared. I, I'm so happy to be connected to you. And excited to be sharing uh, your story with our listeners. And i um, just excited for them to continue to learn and grow with you. So thanks for taking some time out and, and hanging out with us. Thank you.
2: You bet. It was an honor.
0: Until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better.